to the iCrush Barbecue Show. I'm your host, Abe Delgado. So many things have happened to me in the past couple of weeks on a personal level, but I'm back at it again. Uh, so pumped to be uh, to be recording again. And uh, I've, uh, in the meantime, recorded several interviews with some incredible folks, so you're going to want to stay tuned. Uh, on this particular episode, I interview uh, Dimitri Iokum of Rosie's Barbecue and Grillery in Northridge, California. And, you know, as many folks start to build their clientele, especially out here in California, and I know in Texas as well, um, through through doing pop-ups and food trucks and, and trailers, Dimitri did did the opposite. He, uh, he, he's been in the restaurant industry for a long, long time, ever since he was like 19 years old, and um, ended up just buying a restaurant. So he bought a brick-and-mortar restaurant. Um, actually, Rosie's has been around for, for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, he's been easing his way into the barbecue world ever since. Uh, it's a really cool story uh, about a pit that was left whenever he bought uh, the unit there. So we'll get into that. Um, but, uh, he, you know, he, he has a pit on order from uh, from one of our good friends at Fat Stack Smokers, uh, Eric. So, um, you know, big plans for the future and for his restaurant. So I uh, hope you enjoy the show. Today I'm hanging out with my good buddy Dimitri Iokum. No, he's not kin to Dwight Yoakum, but he's uh, he's du- he's Dimitri Yoakum. What's up, brother? How are you, man? What's going on, Abe? How you been, man? Hey, man. I'm I'm just hanging in there, man. Hanging in there. It's good to be back on the air and uh, and chatting with all these good folks. And uh, you know, I was just thinking, man. I was out at your place. Um, Right before this whole pandemic started in February of last yeah. year, so yeah, man, it's good to it's good to see you again, and um, yeah, so and you're you're out in uh, Northridge, California, right? Right, right in the middle of the uh, right in the heart of the San Fernando Valley, the north part of Los Angeles. Okay, okay, perfect. All right, man. Well, we'll we'll jump in. Um, you know, I always like to start in the back. You know, kind of where you grew up and all that good stuff. And, uh, and then we'll get into the meat of it. So, yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of where you grew up and, and kind of some of your um, food um, influences out there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm uh, born and raised right here in the valley. I'm from Northridge, right on the edge of Northridge. It was called Sepulveda when I was born, but now it's called North Hills. But I'm from the valley, born and raised, went to school out here, went all the way over the hill to USC to go to college and then came right back. So. I'm an LA boy, nice. um, but nice. I I grew up totally different than everybody around me. I'm uh, the son of Greek immigrants, so my folks came here in the '70s, and uh, I was born with a very old school values and uh, overall way of life. You know, we cooked at home every day. We never went out. It was a treat to go out. You know, and. Um, the once every rare so often we'd go out, we'd kind of argue over where we're we going to go, you know, are we mm-hmm. going to go to my dad's favorite place or my mom's favorite place? And, you know, uh, are we going to El Torito or are we going to go get barbecue? So, you know, my love started early, but uh, we didn't really do much of it at home ourselves. There was a lot of old school Greek cooking. Mom is from a little village in the south of Greece. Dad's a city boy from Athens. And, um, you know, our... Uh, interpretation of cooking meat was if that you know besides the awesome stuff mom would do in the kitchen if dad was grilling uh there was always a bottle of beer to put out the flames whether there was flames or not and we cooked everything way beyond well done so you know cooking steaks and and uh whatnot was a whole different story in life but the idea of of smoked stuff never even existed in my world and here in la it's not part of the cuisine it's only recently started a uh a surge that's growing but um yeah i grew up here in the valley um i expanded my horizons as far as knowing what different kind of foods and whatnot are out there when i started uh 
I got my first job in food and beverage when I was 19. I got a job working for the Staples Center, actually, for Levy Restaurants. And I was uh, a supervisor and then grew to be a manager and whatnot in the luxury suites over there for, for Levy. And got to see a whole lot of different cuisine there. Jumped to... Um, I so that was your to, that was your that was your kind of um, trial by fire learning learning how to uh, to get into the restaurant industry at nineteen a little bit and it wasn't even a restaurant industry that was kind of like mass catering it jumped into Got it. straight you know you know hundreds of thousands of dollars in sale in a night because you're dealing with the suites of the Staples Center it had just opened up and. Right then in 99, 2000, it was the entertainment capital of the world. Everyone was there, you know, so there was just all kinds of amazing, everything from lobster towers and and massive sandwiches and some really great barbecue things randomly would come out too. But um, that was really the first introduction to dealing with something fancier than either going to a sandwich shop or mama's cooking you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or getting tacos down the street. That was always my go-to. I'm a taco guy. Oh, so, yeah. oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> especially here in LA. Come on, you can't beat it. Oh yeah. yeah so, yeah, sure. uh, so I did that for a few years. I moved back, uh, back here to the Valley and got a job with, uh, BJ's restaurants actually, uh, by the time I was 24 now. And started learning their fantastic company that uh, really does a great job of focusing on teaching management about you can't do what your job is unless you know everyone else's job, including the cooking. We spent months learning how to make everything so that you can step in if you need to on the line so that you can teach your cooks, you can do everything. So even as a front of the house manager, we learned all these different cooking techniques. And that was my true introduction into overall culinary. Nothing fine dining, nothing, but there was a lot of things that I was never exposed to in life. Mm-hmm. So uh, after um, about four years, I got promoted. I became a GM. I, you know, I stuck around with them for 13 years, actually. I, 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 uh, I had quite a good run with them. I learned how to run big, very busy restaurants uh, with other people's money, essentially, you know, I, I got to go through all of those trial and errors and experience what it takes to actually run the business um, and be a manager to your employees, which is one of the bigger parts of it. Um, you know, working with BJ's, and I'll, I'll never forget that. And uh, towards the end of it, I really had that itch of, I want to do something on my own. I want to do something on my own. There was, you know, years were passing when I was like, this is not the end for me. I'm not going to stay here forever, even though it was already over a decade in. And uh, my wife and I had just had a baby. Um, This was back in 2017 now. And uh, all of a sudden, I got a text message from a very close friend of mine who is a business broker. And he said, hey, do you or anybody you know happen to have any interest in buying a barbecue joint in Northridge? It's going up for sale on Monday. Just throwing it out there before the vultures come out. And I'm racking my brain. It was a Friday (laughs) night. I'm racking my brain thinking. A, a barbecue joint in Northridge. Well, it's not going to be this place or that place. Those are chains. Or there's no way it's Rosie's. And I did a quick non-disclosure agreement with them, and boom, it was Rosie's Barbecue and Grillery. Now, Rosie's has been around forever. I've been going there since I was a little kid. It was my favorite barbecue joint. Um, it's been a staple of the valley since. Um, I mean, it technically opened in '79, but since the mid '80s is when it happened. You know, and mm-hmm. And it turns out that, yeah, Rosie's Barbecue was what was for sale. And he got the job to broker a sale for it. And it turns out it had been for sale for a while with someone else and it never really had any traction. So um, within a few days, I had, you know, meeting with the broker, meeting with the owner, broke down some numbers. And I realized I can make this happen. I can afford this. Uh, uh, Next thing you know. I'm not working for BJ's anymore. The timing was amazing. Uh, And here I am uh, owning my own barbecue restaurant. It was crazy. 
So that was just uh, 2017? That was 2017. Yeah, that happened in September of 2017. Wow, that was just when I moved here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The initial Hmm. conversations were the very tail end of August, beginning of September. I don't know the date. Um, And by mid-September, like two weeks in, three weeks in from that, at most, it was the very middle of September, um, I was already uh, technically jobless and working on escrow. And Rosie's Barbecue is a very California barbecue. It's a Santa Maria style. We've got a big Santa Maria barbecue pit, um, the kind that's got the big wheel on the side. You can bring bring the grill up and down. You Mm -hmm. put real wood uh, in the bottom for fire. And it focuses mainly on tri-tip and baby back ribs, chicken, and beef ribs. Those are our main proteins. And the way we do it, for the most part, it's slow roasted overnight and then finished off on mesquite logs on the Santa Maria Grill. That's the barbecue. And that barbecue is what you find, for the most part, across California. So the grill... Hence the name Santa Maria Barbecue started on the Central Coast. Yeah, grill... um... Did you add a smoker later, or was all of that there when you bought it? You got to keep all of the equipment and everything? So that's the fun part. Yeah, there was this massive metal box in there when I first did a walkthrough, and I'm talking to the owner. I'm like, what is that? He goes, oh, that's a piece of junk. You need to sell it for scraps. You could put more fryers and stuff in here. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, I've seen something and I'm looking at it, investigate. He didn't even tell me it was a smoker at, at first. And I'm looking and I see the the door for, you know, where I'm going to put the wood for the fire chamber. And then I go around to the side and I open the doors and I see all these racks. I'm like, oh, wow, this is a, this is a major piece of machinery. Turns out it's an old hickory pits. Um, it is uh, their largest competition model that they have. It's huge. It's almost the size of a Volkswagen bus. And um, it's installed. It functions. It is, it's got a hood over it. It's fully permitted. Everything about it is great. Um, the old owners didn't think there was much value to it because they said they had tried it out and people didn't like the smoked flavor. So they just abandoned the idea of it. And I thought to myself, wow. man, I bet I can do something with this. Mind you, I've never smoked a thing in my life. Mm-hmm. So September, October, November, we're still in escrow. Uh, we didn't close escrow till December 27th. So I'm talking, I was months in now, no paycheck, just there every day, observing operations. The old owners are still there getting paid, doing their thing. And um, they were actually lovely enough to financially transfer ownership uh, right before Thanksgiving because they knew it would be important for me to make some money at the end of the year to carry over that slow part of January, February, March. And um, But they stuck around till New Year's and then took off. And as of the day after they were gone, I started playing with that smoker. I told my wife, I said, hey, I'm going to have to get a couple thousand bucks and, and slowly you know, grab a couple pieces of meat at a time and just start playing around with some recipes. And guess what video I fell upon first epically by accident, or maybe because of the algorithm of the internet, on YouTube, (laughs) Mr. Aaron Franklin's PBS videos pop up when I'm looking at, you know, how to smoke meats. That's that's the one that's carried so many people. Those videos, before I even tried anything, I probably watched all of them a good dozen times over and over again, thinking, oh, this is no problem. This is cool. It's a different kind of smoker. Whatever. This is cool. I got this. Did a little research on the machine, called Old Hickory Pits, got some information from them. And and some of the cooks that I've got, the cooks are amazing. Some of these guys have been with the company over 30 years even. So they know what's going on, but they had very little use with this machine because, you know, they didn't have it. The The company inherited it when they moved into this building five and a half years ago. So when I bought it in 17, it was only, it was, they had only used it a small handful of times because they had just moved into the building and it was left behind there. So long story short, um, I started uh, staying overnight and playing with fire and throwing random pieces of meat in and 
playing with seasonings and trying to make things happen. That was January, February 2018. By March, I said, I think my brisket's good enough to let someone taste it. And I happened to have a big meeting at the restaurant where the Chamber of Commerce was uh, was meeting there. And uh, and I said, I'm going to cook a couple briskets and let these guys try it. I sliced it all up, get them on trays, put toothpicks in the pieces, you know, just start walking around this meeting of about 100 people, just letting them try it. And they all were raving about it because they've never had smoked barbecue before. You know, they're, oh, this is amazing. This is nothing like, you know, so-and-so's down the street at the deli. And like, well, this is different brisket. This isn't deli brisket, you know? And slowly I just kept working on it and honing it. And that's when I really started following what barbecue is and learning about the culture that's behind it. This thing that we don't know about out here in California. It's crazy. So I completely stumbled upon a new skill and love a culinary love that I never thought my life would be in that direction. I always thought I was going to be in management and who knows, even be in a corporate setting forever or whatnot. And I ended up becoming a pit master and uh, obsessively think about the night that I'm going to get to cook next all day, every day. It's crazy. You hear all these uh, stories, similar stories, right? Of people just, um, uh, all of a sudden they watch the videos, they get this itch and, you know, from that moment on, man, it's in their blood and it gets them going. That's it. Yeah. And the fortunate thing for me is that I have a functioning restaurant to support my barbecue habit. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can make a bunch of smoked barbecue and not, think about well of course i have to think about costs and whatnot but i have a functioning full-on restaurant that can support like okay we're gonna spend some money and do this today i'm gonna try that if this doesn't go well i didn't just blow through 500 bucks buying a case of meat you know it's like okay trial and error there's room for error but fortunately um i've done a pretty good job where most everything i've done is and is, is has worked out Mm -hmm. And the menu has only grown. My smoked menu just, just continues to develop. So your regular restaurant functions, um, you do right now, you're doing barbecue on Saturdays. Is that right? Or the smoked barbecue is, is only on Saturdays. We call it smoked meat Saturdays. We kind of made an event out of it. Oh, okay. And okay. that's just from open until sold out, which typically by, I don't know, two o'clock we're sold out. And, uh, but the, the, I was going to say the dining room, but there's no such thing as a dining room for the last year. The actual, the main menu of the restaurant is available all day, every day, Monday through Sunday, every day of the year, except Christmas. So, got it. Um, yeah, the smoked that... meats are Friday night cook, Saturday sell. Okay. And is that how the restaurant always ran before with the previous owners? It was always open um except uh christmas is that something that you've just brought on correct yeah they they've always been um they've always had every single day and they already were also already closed on christmas so got to honor that even though that's a big day of sales um mm -hmm. you know just as much as all the employees would love to be with their families so would i so we just keep that going just as is mm -hmm. So, yeah, so the folks that are used to Rosie's from the old school still get their their old school Rosie's, um, but now they can also get smoked meats on uh, on Saturday. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And something that we're working on, um, I know I've, I've hinted towards it with you, but something that is coming this spring as as far as uh, as long as a couple things that are lined up fall into place we're going to be doing smoked meats every day oh wow, um, oh, wow. yeah we're uh we're, we're looking to uh i've got a whole new menu uh laid out where we're going to have the menu that currently exists in the restaurant uh, minus a few items that are dogs that no one, you know, that aren't as popular, which every year you kind of go through that anyways, when you clean up your menu, you add some items, you take some away. Um, but then we're going to add 
basically a second kind of barbecue. Uh, you know, we're going to have our grilled meats and we're going to have our smoked meats. So it's actually not only going to be that the menu is going to change and we're going to add a, a technically a whole second cuisine, even though we call it all barbecue. You know, to me, barbecue is smoked meats. Out here, you say barbecue, people are thinking grilled ribs with barbecue sauce on them. Mm-hmm. So we part of what we're doing along with what so many other pitmasters are trying to do out here is educate the public and what this other thing is that the rest of the country calls barbecue so we're actually going to rebrand and change the name from rosie's barbecue and grillery we're going to call it rosie's bark and char which represents the two types of uh reaction that you give to a meat whether you're grilling and you create char on your meat or you're uh smoking and you create a bark on your meat so rosie's bark and char uh is going to be the new name that we're giving the restaurant um and we're going to have different kinds of barbecue on the menu nice good segue to uh talk about the menu um so let's talk about all the smoked meats that you have um that you have been cooking on saturdays um and uh and kind of um, little specialty items that you throw in there from time to time. Yeah, sure. So when I first started doing it, once I was ready to go, that was uh, in May. It was actually Cinco de Mayo 2018. I'll never forget. That was my first smoked meat Saturday. It was so exciting. And I had four <laughs> items on the menu. It was great. <laughs> I had to yeah. have a couple beers in the morning with the boys before we got started. I had so many so much nerves going, you know. But... Um, we started off with just brisket and um, spare ribs and pulled pork and sausage. That was our menu when we started on uh, Cinco de Mayo 2018. And slowly, slowly, I'd add items that I that either people were asking for or I would see other barbecue joints do this too. This is something that is a great addition to your menu. Um, but a lot of it was also dictated by people who would come in and say, Hey, Oh, you don't have this. It would be great if you did. And once I heard enough people asking for it, I said, you know what? Yeah, I do need smoked Turkey. Um, which that one I knew I was going to do anyways, because when I ate some out in Texas, I said, Oh, smoked Turkey breast. That's my jam. That's what, Mm -hmm. in fact, it's my favorite. Okay. To this day, if I picked one thing, you know, if I said, I'm going to eat something today, it's going to be a smoked Turkey. I don't know. That's just me. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, at this point, I have, uh, is it eight or nine? There's there's a standard menu that I make every single week. And everything is, for the most part, in the Texas, the central Texas barbecue style. So um, it's a dry rub. The beef is all just salt and pepper. A very minor, a little bit more goes into the pork or whatnot. So I make brisket. I make short ribs. I make tri-tip, and I don't do tri-tip the way a lot of guys do. I actually treat it like a brisket, so I don't cook it to like a medium rare or something like that and get a smoke on it. I actually cook that thing to 200 degrees, and it becomes like a little mini brisket. They're amazing. Um, so that we have that tri-tip as well as the tri-tip every day that's off the grill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the beef. And then I have pulled pork. I do every week. I do pork spare ribs every week. I do pork belly burn ends every week, which is one of our most popular items. And I do a couple different kinds of sausage. We make our own baby back sausages. Now baby back ribs is one of our huge things that we have in the restaurant. So there's a lot of trimmings from that. And a few months ago, I said, why aren't we stuffing our own sausages? Let's make something bomb from this stuff. Cause who the hell's crazy enough to tear apart baby back ribs to make sausages. Well, when you have so much of it going through the restaurant at a time, I'm moving over a half a ton a week when it comes mm-hmm. to just baby backs so uh, we're making baby back sausages and now we're working on a nice beef sausage something that's got some spice to it jalapenos cheese that kind of thing so uh, our love for making sausage is pretty new but uh, i've taught the boys in the back how to do them too and so we're kind of getting into it and and making up some fun stuff now uh we do uh, I, i make the smoked turkey breast and then butter-injected chicken halves and uh, 
that's the standard menu we make every single week. And we have a couple special sides that are just for Saturdays, which will be on the new menu. You, I make uh, Serrano cheesy grits, which out here everyone's afraid to try. We got to give them a little taste of it. Like, it's grits. What's grits? Uh, <laughs> just try it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, like a, it's a corn. It's tasty. It's cheesy. It's got a little spice to it. No, 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 thank you. Give me mashed potatoes. All right, well. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, right? Yeah, they're good. They they're good. That, I, I remember having them when I was out there that day. It was good Let stuff. Inside them. Mm-hmm. You know, before I go on with the special stuff on the menu, I remember when you came out, um, if you remember, um, our mutual friend Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, he actually met you out here. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I remember thinking, what a terrible day for these boys to come out and try my barbecue for the first time because when – Every day that you cook, you kind of grade what you've done, right? And I was not feeling my barbecue that day like it was an A+. plus. Like, check out how awesome this stuff is. Some days I really am proud of it and like, goddamn, that was pretty good, right? And that day all I thought to myself, ooh, man, I mean, it's good enough, but is it? Like, that's all right. They're going to pretend they like it either way, I'm sure, at least to my face. But no, you kept in contact, so at least it was decent enough, right? <laughs> no, it was delicious. I know you had the the Texas Twinkies also, which is something that a lot of people don't do out here. Yeah, so that's... that was a real treat. And then I also was, um, was happy to see um, some Frito pie on there, old school yeah. kind of Frito pie that I grew up with. Um, you know, when I'm growing up in Texas, you get a little bag of Fritos and they cut a slit on the side of it and then they load it up with uh, a little chili, a little sour cream, you know, throw a little jalapeno in there and man, it's just, and that's what that reminded me of whenever, uh, whenever I was at your place. So yeah, man, you took me back. I mean, a lot of times if you're like me that goes and eats a lot of different barbecue places and a lot of barbecue. A lot of times I go to, you know, two or three or four different spots, um, pre COVID, um, you know, to go eat barbecue. Um, and I think that day I went to maybe another one or two spots. Um, you know, you always look for something a little different too, you know, obviously brisket and ribs and sausage, you know, Texas Trinity, you always, you always want to try, but, always looking for something a little different so you definitely met that for me that day and i really enjoyed it i think kevin did as well my wife did one thing that that my wife really enjoyed is that you also have wine there you know so you have beer you have wine um she's like most barbecue places that we go to they don't have wine and she's like i don't want to really yeah i want to go and why don't they do a glass of wine you know so that was one thing that she really um enjoyed too um, yeah, but that's yeah, a man, get it. Have a full sit down restaurant, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, do you ever incorporate any of your, um, Greek, um, influences or, or, um, dishes into your food at all? I'll tell you this every day that I see my mom, after I drop my kids off at school, I swing by my mom's house down the street from the school and go have a coffee before I get to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, Almost every day, there's some kind of, you know, are you, you should put this on the menu. Hey, try this I made last night. What do you think? You should put this in the restaurant. You should, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's always something that's there's there's that push. But I have I've made a point of re- refraining from uh, modifying the cuisine of the restaurant outside of barbecue because the restaurant actually had a menu that was all over the place. We had Chinese chicken salads and uh, mm-hmm. antipasta this and, uh, you know, bruschetta that. And, um, I mean, we had seared ahi on the menu, like very Asian style, delicious. It was great, but it was like, we're not a sushi place. So I had to, uh, and I had to do it slowly just to not lose too much business the way that we did it. You know, uh, when the new owner comes in, you have to be careful how you change around the menu or you're going to lose all your, all your regulars. But mm-hmm. we were able to clean up the menu back into barbecue. And now I'm getting to the point where I can start feeding in some Greek cuisine barbecue stuff. You know, in the spring, you're going to see some lamb coming out of here. Some lamb or even 
I think people out here might be a little afraid of goat, even though that's way more popular than lamb throughout the entire world. But you're going to see some things that um, some flavors I'm very familiar with mixed with this idea of smoking it and treating it a little bit differently and getting to the point where um, I can share what my background is with the barbecue world. One of the great things about being here in California and now slowly starting to have a whole lot of different um, pit masters out here, um, we do have a lot that have a Latin background. And so we're seeing a lot of the Hispanic heritage coming into the food and it's pretty amazing. And I think to myself, man, we've got some flavors that are pretty unique too. Um, that, that's what I was asking. You know, you know, in Texas, you get a lot of the... Yeah, you got the te- Sorry, you got go the te- yeah you got the Tex-Mex influence, big time, right? And and I even did a series um, last year. Uh, I think it was last year, or the year before, where, where it was a whole Tex-Mex series, right? And I talked to a lot of the the leading Tex-Mex Great folks. Stuff. I'm like, I'm really a fan of people, um, you know, putting in um, you know their culture and their 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 different types of flavors. I'm like, man. You know, smoke like a lamb or something like that. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't see people doing already, that. See, ah, you're getting ahead of me, Abe. You're getting ahead. <laughs> we can't tell people until it's ready. <laughs> okay, all it. right, all right. I'll have but, you come down to the taste tester for it. How about that? Yeah, man. Hey, I would be, I would be down. I would be down. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of endless possibilities. I know you're, you've gotten into, into, um, into sausage making. I know a lot of people are getting really, really creative with sausage. Um, but yeah, man, having your, uh, your Greek culture there, I think will be, will be fun. You have, you have a lot more, um, opportunities to kind of, uh, bring, bring a lot of those flavors in and I'm, I'm excited for you there. Um, as far as your team is concerned, like how big is your team? Um, and how many people are actually, uh, helping you with the, with the barbecue side of it? Do you have a group there? So my restaurant, we've shrunk down a bit. Um, not by my choice, but by the employee's choice. We've had some people drop off, um, uh, mostly due to COVID. Um, A little bit right before all this was happening, we already had some people that had kind of moved on, and then we realized, oh, uh, this person can use some more hours, so we didn't bump back up. But I was at about 44 to 46 employees uh, at the end of 2019. It's a big restaurant. So all comes, everything stops, uh, and we've had to, I haven't let anyone go, but we have definitely had to change hours completely, change job descriptions. You know, servers can't be servers anymore. We don't have a table for them to serve. So Mm -hmm. they are finding other ways to make money, and that doesn't really include working for us, for some people. And for some, it's like, okay, y'all work one or two days for you on the takeout counter just to help out, really. They're not making money doing it, but really they're doing it because of how long they've been with Rosie. Some of them, you know, for over a decade, and they just don't want to leave us hanging, and they're just, you know, yeah, we'll do this. So right now I have 33 employees. I would say about six or seven of them are once a week. Um, uh about a dozen are full-time and then um myself and a couple managers uh when it comes to and that's just the overall everyday operations mm-hmm. when it comes to smoke meat saturdays and what i do with the texas barbecue um i used to prep everything myself i would take all day friday and prep this was my schedule this is crazy um i would prep all day friday I would cook everything myself all night Friday. And then, of course, I would be on the carving block Friday, uh, Saturday morning, 11 a.m., and I would serve until we sold out. So I'd have like a 30, 35-hour day. Um, I have done a pretty good job of teaching a couple of my prep cooks, mainly one, shout out to my boy Nino, uh, how to trim and season my meat the way that I want it done. And um, he's doing a pretty fantastic job of it where I can focus a little bit more of my Friday on do a little bit of business stuff, mm-hmm. get a little bit of rest during the day, see my kids in the evening before it's time for them to go to bed and me get back to the, you know, get to the fire. And, um, and then I'm there all night, but I'm still, I'm the one cooking 
a hundred percent. I don't have anyone there with me at night. And um, that's what's going to need to change. And that's what I'm working on in order to get to the point where we're doing this every single day. So there's mm -hmm. a couple challenges we have with that. I need to find the right person that I can teach one that may, and, and I don't know which is the right direction yet. I just need to start meeting people and really put it out there. Do I want someone who's never done this before that I can just show them, here's the basics. I need you for six to eight hours in the middle of the night to play with fire and rotate meat like this that's ready for you and do it with that for a couple months until I can trust and leave them alone? Or do I find someone who's already a pit master or someone who knows a lot of it and, I, and it won't be as difficult for them to grasp it, but might have bad habits or different habits or their own ideas. So we'll see which way that goes. But that's problem number one. Problem number two, even though I have that huge smoker in there, I have a capacity issue. So that is actually one of the reasons why our rebranding is waiting until the spring because I have a fat stack trailer coming hopefully in March that's been on order for quite a while now. So Eric's getting all caught up and um, we'll be we'll be getting a nice trailer, an actual um, Texas style pit, the propane tank, a proper one that we can selectively which barbecue we're cooking on with that one outside and use the old hickory pits inside for the rest. So, nice. Uh, what size yeah, pit are you getting? So, so um, he's trying to find me this one tank that he's already used before that is more like a 600. Okay. And it's a very old tank, so it's actually a half inch. It's a thick one. Oh, so if you yeah. can find me one of those, yeah, yeah. If you can find me one of those, that's what I want. I told him, like, hunt, hunt, hunt. That's what we want. If not, it's going to be a, a five to... I may try to bump it up a little bit more. I may try to go to the 750 on this, but what we're doing is doing the trailer has got to be on a big heavy duty trailer because we're going to have on one side the pit and on the other side a 72 inch Santa Maria because again, this is bark and char, baby. We've got mm -hmm. two different kinds of barbecue. This thing is going to caterings, right? Before COVID, 30% of my business was caterings whether it was people picking up the food or us going and setting up elaborate setups and sometimes people paying for us to bring out a grill. Well, now if we've got this trailer, the trailer's going out, you know? So being able to do all these big events and, and all these caterings is a big function of my business. So Santa Maria on one side, smoker on the other, um, we're putting a, um, a coal burning, um, uh, what do you call it? Like a big trash can. What do you call those that you, burn wood to get coal out of it the guys that are doing a whole hog how they get their coals out of it so um he's, he's putting one of those on there we're gonna have a spot uh to tie down you know the coolers and do uh, a place to hold wood up in the front like a boat lip but one of the things is because i am a brick and mortar i am under a lot of scrutiny by the health department so we have to put this serious paint coat on there just to try to help skirt around the issue of uh, NSF requirement without actually having an NSF certification on it because it's not necessarily something that we're using on the everyday thing, but kind of a tool that we take with us more for show, wink, yeah. wink, right? So um, the idea started with, I need 2,000 gallon tanks, let's make, you know, and then it, and then because of the landlord, it changed to, okay, well, we're not going to do that. You know, we can't do what we want to do, like what Danny's doing down in San Juan Capistrano at Heritage Barbecue. And anyone out here in California, if you haven't been there, that's a sin. You got to get down there and see what's happening and try it. But um, we're on that path. Yeah. And if it wasn't yeah. for physical issues with where we currently are stuck in a, in at least for another just over four years, um, we'd be already working heavily towards that. So. We'll get there, but right now yeah. we're we're taking yeah. those steps to be able to still provide the food in the same manner, right? Yeah. Well, that's 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 really cool, man. I Eric's a good guy, and man, he does some solid work. I I can't wait to uh, see what he comes up with for you. That's going to be fun. Um, and what what types of woods are you using? I know that's uh, something a lot of people are interested in. Yeah. A lot of people get angry when I'm telling them, no, I'm not using pecan. <laughs> um, 
I, again, because primarily, uh, when I say primarily, there's slight deviation, but for the most part, the barbecue cuisine I throw out is that Central Texas style, and we can't do post oak out here in California, mm-hmm. so I use white oak. Okay. I get wood from a place called Firewood of My Ranch. They're out of Compton. They deliver it to us, and... The reason why we're with them is they actually, it, it comes bagged. I have, again, spatial limitations around here, so I can't have cords stacked up anywhere. And so we have some over in a storage facility a mile away that we go and grab. And so we can grab the bags and throw them in our cars and take them back and forth. And um, so we're paying a little bit more to buy bags of wood, if you will. But I'm using yeah. white oak for the smoke stuff i'm using mesquite for the grilled stuff everything off the grill comes with mesquite uh we can't smoke with the mesquite it's too harsh you know that burns hot it you 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 know i'm sure whoever's listening knows about some people smoke with mesquite and it comes out great but um i was gonna say yeah valentina's would disagree with you on that (laughs) and you know what i've had them and it it's fantastic what they do with it i've tried it not gonna lie i've tried it and i only tried it once but it was a failure and it was a failure on my part i'm sure you have to treat it differently than you do oak but um i've i've for the most part perfected what i'm doing with the oak and that's what i use the majority of the time um with the baby back sausages because it is just 100 percent baby back rib with some seasoning and a pork natural pork casing um i've been playing around with using some apple wood in there um and uh, uh, I've done some hickory work before. So I am playing around with it. One of the things that's really nice is um, with COVID, you know, as all restaurateurs, we've had to somehow adapt and find another way to survive. What, yeah. and you, you look at yeah. what does the community want? What possibly could the community need? And a lot of that is trying to think backwards and think, well, what are you doing at home? So if you're grilling at home, what are you going to do? I have this big empty restaurant. I can use the space for something. So we started um, working on making a barbecue market. And um, I bought some equipment. I I started making some deals. We put everything on hold for the last few months. But in about two or three weeks, uh, I would say by Valentine's Day, um, we should be up and running to have this market going but you know we've got a cooler in the room and we have all different kinds of meats if you're looking to roast or grill or smoke something you know this time of year where are you going to find a whole brisket it's tough well you can find it at my place you can find whole racks of short ribs that you can't find that out here in california unless you have some kind of restaurant supply so we've got you know raw meats you can come and pick up uh, you can have us trim them and season them if you choose uh, we've got um, a bunch of different woods. I have a rack with, um, I want to say, 12 to 14 different types of wood bundled up and ready to go. If you have either, a lot of people like to just put you know, hickory in their fireplace because it's something different and smells great. But mm-hmm. if you got the ability to smoke with the different woods, you can buy them from us. So having those woods right there at my disposal, I can try different things for myself. It's kind of like, oh, yeah. I'll just walk into my market. Uh, today I'm going to yeah, grab you know, the Neat. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I I know that there's I know the shed market and Abilene has something similar to that, and I think that um, Evie Mays actually is is doing a little market. That's uh, that's really wow. smart. I know that um, you know a lot of times people are looking for good cuts of of meat to to you know specialty cuts of meat to uh, to make steaks or or whatnot, and and that's that's a really good avenue to go to. So. That's that's pretty smart, man. Um, you you touched a little bit on COVID and kind of its effects. Um, I know that you uh, and I, <laughs> I saw an interview you did with Barstool. I told you before we started talking today. I said put a shirt on because they But in that interview, um, they they gave you a call. Um, talk to us a little bit about what that was about and what what that organization organization does yeah very quick background for uh, you know a, a lot of people have never heard of barstool sports so real fast it's a uh in a nutshell it is an an online uh sports entertainment company let's call them they do um they have they're all over 
the social media. They do all kinds of fun stuff with blogs and video things, and they've got podcasts and shows, and they've slowly grown over the last, I think it's 20 years, to be honest with you, as a company. Um, and they've just become this great source for uh, different sports stuff, and they've got a big reach. And the president of Barcelona Sports, Dave Portnoy, the Prez, El Presidente, he decided in December that he's not going to sit around and let these businesses die because of the lack of action by our government. And it started with one of his guys that works for him that's always uh, around, this guy Frankie. His dad owns a, um, a pizza joint somewhere in New York. And he was asking, like, he's always asking, hey, how's your dad's place doing? And he, he was hearing about the stories about, oh, it's dying, it's dying, he's about to close something. And he said, you know what? I'm going to take half a million dollars of my own money. I'm going to start a fund called the Barstool Fund. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, uh, you know, your dad's restaurant's going to be the first one that we do this with. We're going to see how much is he short every month. What's it going to take to make sure that he gets by until this is over, till restrictions are gone, till things go back to normal? What's it going to take? Because what good is it for you to get a handout for one or two or three months and then it's, you know, that handout is done and you just close because that money that was sustaining is gone. So he's mm -hmm. finding businesses that have history, that are deep-rooted in the community, that have community involvement, someone that if they closed, everyone around would be really upset about it. Someone that's a family restaurants, you know, um, and they're picking, I don't know, it seems like about four or five businesses a day. And they're calling them up. Well, you have to apply for it and they vet you. They, you know, they do ask for a little bit of information. They, you know, they do look at some paperwork and, um, and the press himself video calls you and lets you know that everything's going to be okay. They're going to feed you every month, that difference that you need. And, um, we were short quite a bit every month. Um, I've been, I'm, I'm in some serious debt. Um, just keeping it alive, knowing that whoever gets through this is going to come out on top. It's going to be worth it. And, um, yeah, that's great. That's I, great. Don't, I don't need to keep digging anymore because they called me, they picked me out mm -hmm. of the hundreds of thousands of applications. I think they're probably at close to almost 200 businesses at this point, um, over $30 million raised, um, and, and growing quickly. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing what he's doing. And and yeah, he he called me. You touched on shirtless. I had just gotten out of the shower. It was a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I was getting ready to run to the restaurant because I was doing a brisket test and I needed to get back to the fire. And uh, my phone rings in the other room. I run in there. I see it's a random number from the East Coast on a WhatsApp video call. And all I thought to myself was, who else can this be and my face instantly swole up i was gonna start bawling i'm like no no keep it together i threw my hat on i answered the phone and there he is as they poured on so it was pretty amazing it's pretty amazing so i do have an angel overlooking us for sure this was um That's something that kept us open because i probably only had four or five more months before i couldn't sustain it myself anymore that's pretty incredible. So these guys, um, do they do, I guess, nationwide, and since they're calling yep. you from the East Coast? Okay, cool. So we'll, we'll post up their, uh, their information uh, whenever, we, uh, whenever we, we post this, uh, this yeah, uh, podcast. The, the more so. people know about it, the more people can share it, the, the bigger and stronger it's going to get. And, yeah, uh, not, not that they need any help from us, but I think maybe some folks that listen to the restaurant maybe can, can use the help. So... Uh, definitely, we'll post all the information on here. Um, Amazing, thank you. Yeah, man. No, thank you, thank you. Um, so, um, yeah, just to kind of wrap up. So, you're rebranding again. You're rebranding in the spring. We, we have that to look forward to. You're going to start doing smoked meats all the time. Um, I see you going out and supporting uh, some of your fellow um, pitmasters from around town, and they're coming Very to support. Important. Yeah, Absolutely. they're they're coming to support you too, which is awesome, man. It, it's great to see how how far it's come in the last two three years uh, out here. 
But uh, yeah, man, I, I wish you the very best, my friend. I appreciate you you jumping on uh, and and taking the time to to chat with us. And now here in 2021, that we're back in action. That's right, and uh, we can eat outside again. That's a huge one. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe yeah. That's right. So tell all the folks where you guys are located and kind of uh, um, your business hours, and uh, yeah. and then we'll look at your social media stuff too. So we're located in Northridge, California. We're on uh, Corbin Avenue on the corner of Corbin and Nordoff. Um, it's right in the middle of the valley, so you can get to it from uh, any of the big major freeways around. Um, we've been at that location just over five years. Again, Rosie's been around over 40, but we've been, we've been in this spot almost six years now. We, uh, we're open every single day, 11 a.m. till right now until 8 p.m., 8.30 on the weekends. And uh, as things change and once we get into summer, warmer weather, we'll push back those hours a little bit. But um, uh, smoked meat Saturdays is every Saturday, 11 a.m. until sellout, which is, you know, 2, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. But you can always pre-order uh, online, normally by the pound. So if you don't want to wait in line, you can pre-order some stuff. And that gets cut off early on Friday so that we can prepare and cook that off. Where can folks find you on social media? We're, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, I, for the most part, I focus on Instagram, whatever we post also goes to Facebook. So I'm just let everyone know you can find me at Facebook at Rosie's BBQ.com R O S I E S BBQ. And, um, that's where all of my focus is. I can't stand Facebook personally. I always get lost the second I log into it, whatever. So if you send me a message there, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to see it. Get on Instagram. You can send me a DM. I will see it. I'm personally going to respond to it. I'm on it all the time. So, um, yeah. All right. Come on out, get some barbecue and, uh, appreciate you listening. Thanks, brother. Appreciate your time and always good talking to you, my friend. I need to, you know, hopefully that when, when all of this goes, gets back to normal, we'll get the crew back together and, uh, and we'll all go sit out there and, and hang out and, uh, and, uh, drink some beers and eat some good barbecue. Right on. That's always the goal, right? That's the good yes, times. Sir. Yes, sir. Well, thanks again, Dimitri. I'll hey, see, I'll talk to you, you soon, my brother. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me, too. I appreciate it very much. You bet, buddy. Thank you. As always, thank you for tuning in to the I Crush Barbecue Show. Remember, if you like the show, please help us reach more listeners by leaving us a five-star rating on your favorite listening app. Subscribe to get all past and future shows and share with your friends. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even TikTok at iCrushBBQShow. Or you can just email me at iCrushBBQShow at gmail.com. Don't forget to tag us with your favorite picks. We'd love to see what you're crushing. Until next time, keep crushing that cue.